You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Half hour. Hello, and welcome to Half Hour, a theater entertainment podcast through Two Worlds Entertainment. I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. And we're here today to bring you a very special episode on our recap review roundup here of the new Broadway revival of Caroline or Change, presented by Roundabout Theater Company at Studio 54 Theater. We saw this uh, show this week. We're very excited to talk about this, Um, and we're going to dive right in. So thank you all for being here and listening. Um, I'll give the little background mm-hmm. scoop on what this is about. Um, this well, and what's going the, the details of the show, I should say. So, Roundabout Theater Company is presenting a revival of the Broadway musical Caroline or Change, which was presented at Studio Fifty Four, starring Sharon D. Clark. We have book and lyrics by Tony Kushner, music by Janine Tesori. Uh, this production was directed by Michael Longhurst, choreography by Anne Yi. Music supervision by Nigel Lilly and music direction by Joseph Jobert. Um, set and costume design by Fly Davis. Lighting design by Jack Knowles. Sound design Paul RDT. We had some hair and wig design by Amanda Miller. Makeup design by Sarah Semino. Uh, so yes, this is this was a wildly successful show um, a few years back in the early two thousands on Broadway. This is a revival that was happening in London mm-hmm. um, that then has come here. In London, Sharon D. Clark did play the role of Caroline as well. She's here now on Broadway playing the role. With a few other Broadway names, if you're a Broadway person, you're going to recognize a lot of the names. John Cariani is in this production. Cassie Levy is in this production. Um, Chip Zienz. We have lots of awesome, cool Broadway names here throughout. Yeah. So um, overall, what are we thinking, Jeff? What were our thoughts? Just our general consensus. What, what did you think of the whole production and the show as a whole? My overall thoughts. Let's see. Um of most of the show is sung through, so just to give people that idea, it's uh, and it takes a little bit of time to get through and uh, get into the, the the show and start trying to figure out what the plot is and what's going on here. Um, I think the show had a lot of moments. I would say I don't think the show is perfect in any way. I think I think that the show does have moments though, and a lot of the time I've spent trying to figure out what was going on and what was the point. So I think that, I don't know if you kind of felt that same way. Um, I think the, from a plot perspective, I was having difficulty understanding that plot point. From a thematic perspective, I certainly understood what the point yeah, was. Yeah, there was a theme, the theme In terms of what was trying to be told. Yeah. And it was an important story to tell today. Yeah. And I'll just stop and remind our, our audience, this is on Broadway right now in New York City. So <laughs> there's no um, Netflix or Hulu version of this right now. So we're warning you, we're going to give you some spoilers on this. If you're planning oh, yeah, on we didn't seeing do our this, spoiler. We, we did not. <laughs> if you're planning on seeing this, it's running until <laughs> January or February, I believe. Um, so you have a few months to go in New York. See it. Um, but if you did not and you still want to listen anyway, that's fine. I just want to let you know this is the stage revival of Carolina Change on Broadway. So, yes, I think from I, I was having a difficulty understanding where the plot was going. Yeah. I felt like there was little to no plot in Act One, and then we kind of sped through plot in Act Two quite a bit. Kind of. I guess also with this story, my overall thoughts were who whose point of view was this really from? Is it from the, is it from Caroline's point of view, the mm-hmm. whole story that's going on? Or are we just like on a bird's eye view of watching a scene? I kind of, What I kind of appreciate is like something we were talking about in our last podcast with Diana is it took like a very small moment 
it wasn't like a timeline story. So we were just here diving into what it's like for Caroline to be a maid for a very wealthy family in the South. So I guess where I was having trouble with this story was I didn't, I didn't really know if it was fully coming from Caroline's point of view. Mm-hmm. And it was just sometimes observing. And every time we were trying to get somewhere with Caroline, it immediately takes you out of a moment and we go back to this family. So the family is the Gelmans, right? Mm-hmm. And there's Noah Gelman, the son. There is the what Casey Levy is Rose, right? Mm-hmm. Who mm-hmm. is like the stepmom now because they're the mother of the family has died. And then what is the father? Stuart. 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 And we're watching this family, and they look very broken. And Caroline's there. Like, Noah treats Caroline like she's a queen, a king, like the president of the family. Like, she holds it down. And I'm just, I'm observing, and I'm like, I don't know if this is, like, really coming from Noah or Caroline, or it's a little bit in between. And I would, that's, I guess I just kind of felt lost at times, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think... It's interesting. There's certainly huge major themes being told here. And I almost feel like if there was, there was so much going on, there was social class privilege, there was racial issues, there was religious issues going on here. There was, there was the world and the president dying and what was going on in the world. There was familial drama. There was generational gap drama. There was like so much going on here. That I almost felt like, um, this is a lot for an audience to soak in right now. And then you look at something like this and you say, okay, well then we have a, th- we have theater to bring us out of it. So you have the soap and the bubbles and the radio. And those are supposed to be the moments to give us a little bit of a respite, a little bit of like a, okay, I can breathe for a minute and kind of find some emotion throughout this. And then I felt like that didn't go as far as it could have. Yeah. It would have been so stunning to me if this basement was this like, Ooh, this horrible place. But then like the bubbles and the radio were like really, I would have pushed the theatrical. I know yeah. we had the flying moon. I know we had well, the bus. I know we had like... cool stuff like that, but it would have been cool to push it more and for us to dive more into the theatricality of that. Um, and some of the transitions in and out of that were like, oh, it would have been cool if the transitions in and out of it were more magical maybe is what I'm trying to say. True. I guess with that, she has no one down in the basement. So right. Caroline's down in the basement and a lot of the music between the other characters, it's like the washing machine and the dryer and the radio. And it almost devalued like what was actually happening there. Like, I, I think what you're saying is they should have been huge theatrical moments that took you out. It should have been a little bit of like escapism right. during those things. Right. Like Caroline had nothing down there. So she, talks to these objects, you know? Yeah. And it drives the plot more and it could have been something. And I guess it was just a little, it just, it lacked something there. There was, yeah, at times it got, it moved slow at times then it moved really fast and then it was slow again. And then really, it was a little inconsistent like that. Also for me, I'm not, I, I like through composed musicals, opera style. I, or almost operatic style when you're almost singing through the whole thing. I don't mind that. When you have someone like Tony Kushner, though, who's brilliant writing yeah. the book and lyrics to this, and there's almost no book, I'm just shocked that there were no more book scenes. And I would have been more impressed with a book scene and then a song to bring us out of it, whether it was a happy song or a sad song, and then back to a book scene. Tell this a little bit more filmically. Mm-hmm. I actually think this could translate to the film well. 
because of the settings, if it has more dialogue scenes. I, and I, I just wish there was more dialogue. There were more moments where maybe the, the connection between Caroline and Rose wasn't always singing. Mm-hmm. And maybe there was some moments where Rose could talk to Caroline and Caroline could just talk back to her and we could yeah. root these two people in a little more of, I actually think it would have been, it's cute when the kid is singing to her. I think that's cute. When the moon and the radio is singing, that makes sense. Sing those characters. I just think it would have made a little bit more impact if, like, Rose's father in the Hanukkah scenes could have been speaking more than, like, I'm singing this message the whole time. It came across like, uh, I want to take this more serious. And well, I think it's that... hard when there's no book dialogue scenes for me in subject matter like this. But then the music would be more impactful. Yeah. If there was less. Yeah, and there and the songs could have because because for example, one moment that I thought stood out really nice is there was this moment where Caroline's I think it was towards the end when she's at church and she's hugging her kids mm-hmm. and and or she and she's crying she's having her number and then we go to the salty teardrop song by the radio and it was like that moment worked for me mm-hmm. here they are the radio and the rain is pouring down yeah. and it's that sixties doo-wop vibe like like um. It reminded me of a grease moment, like raining on prom night or like, you know, salty tears. And I'm like, oh, that's the emotion of the song. And then we go back to the plot. Like, I think things like that work. Well, that would have helped with transitions. I yeah. think that was a big thing that you and I both were like, mm, the transitions didn't really work because we had some of these most like these really powerful moments happening on the stage. And then all of a sudden we transition into something that's not. And maybe that's done on purpose. Maybe it's yeah. supposed to show like, you know, Caroline's struggling and she's going through this. And then like, we're, the audience is like, oh, wow, we're going there. We're going there. And it's like, immediately we go back to the Gelmans. And I wanted to like, I, it cringed almost. Yeah. Well, what, what worked in something like Hades Town was when we went to Hades, there was a transformation mm-hmm. going there. I didn't feel like we transformed enough. There was theatrical moments that were nice. Yeah. Um, I just thought we could have went there more. And I think that. Yeah, I mean, we're also, like we were saying earlier, we're dealing with really serious subject matter, really pressing issues, and for a current political climate that we're in, too. And I think it was really important to tell this story. So I think bringing this story to the stage is important. I just think that there could have been more moments of clarity in some of the dialogue with it. In terms of the talent, I mean, the talent was definitely there. Sharon D. Clark is an amazingly talented performer. Mm -hmm. I think she sung it so well. She was committed to the role. I kept thinking to myself, oh my gosh, they really need to do a movie of this. I I would love to have seen some up-close shots of this. But then it reminds you, and and, and then, you know, talking about themes, there's this whole theme of money. Mm -hmm. And money changes everyone in this show. Right. And because of social class and race, but also not, it's like, it's like, you know, Rose's character kept saying, well, I don't have money to give you a raise. So take the change in the cup. Is that true? Or is that not true? You know? And then it makes, but she had money to give an allowance to the son, the son. And then the son's giving the money to her. She's in this Caroline. I mean, she's in this, very uncomfortable situation. What do I do? Mm-hmm. But I can do all these things for my kids if with this extra money. It reminds you that in the 60s, $30 a week, wow, versus $30 now. I mean, it wasn't that long ago, the 1960s. But and she now. even said $30 isn't enough. Right. And so, 
But then, okay, so then we have to we have to talk about this word change. Yeah. And I I am most impacted by the title of this piece and what the word change means. Mm-hmm. Change the the literal change coins change right. money. The change that the change can bring, mm-hmm. the change of the characters, and how much Caroline doesn't want to change. It's called Caroline or change. It's not Caroline and change. Right. It's not Caroline will change. Right. It's got Caroline and her change. It's Caroline, comma, or change. Mm-hmm. And I get this vibe or feeling towards the end that it's like, Caroline must feel I am Caroline or I will change. I don't know if I can change or will change. My kids will change the future. My kids will be the change. They say it at the end. Mom is shh, quiet. Mom's sleeping. She and you know, and they will be. They have the dialogue at the end, or not dialogue. The singing, and they say, "We will be the change." She's taking the statue down. The daughters. The son is. The kids are going to be the progressive change. And Caroline is just maybe doesn't have it in her to be that change. She wants to for the sake of her kids, but the change isn't going to be the change. I don't know. I'm I'm very fascinated by how they use that word throughout this whole piece. I was fascinated by that. And that is a great plot point in the whole show. It's like learning from the different generations. So it's interesting to see the whole generation of the Gelmans. You know, we we see the parents of... The grandparents, and actually, interestingly enough, with the grandparents, you have the two grandparents that are like, oh, hello, like, you know, and then you have the other grandfather who comes rolling in from New York City with all this agenda and political commentary, two very different, but yes, that's one You have the three different generations that we're watching there, and they're Jewish, so it's interesting watching because they it's almost like they're trying to compete with like yes how who much had it harder who had it worse right because they're like well we had it this way but you have it this way but but we're we fought it this way and your culture fights it this it was this like battle yeah it was white versus black but it was also jewish versus black culture it was definitely a lot of that going back and forth mm-hmm. you're sitting there watching it and your end and we're set in the south on top right. of it so um, very, very interesting. I, I, that's Those were the moments that I appreciated in this. I was like, wow, let's teach the modern day audiences some of this. Let's learn about these culture wars in a way and what these different cultures, how they all had to fight in their own way for, mm-hmm. for justice and peace and things like that. And then also like what is the trickle down money effect to each generation? Mm. So like you have the wealthy parents and then giving the money to the next generation below. And then that generation is now giving the money below. And then when the kid leaves the $20 bill in the wash and the grandfather kind of comes to save the day so the kid doesn't get in trouble but then takes the money back. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of (laughs) money is so right. And and for money to just be flying through the generations, flying through the dining room to the washing machine to the kid's room and for the Caroline's character to just be like, oh my God, this money is just... Right, and it's how they value it because the the kids like I'm going to go to the toy store and buy all of these toys, and the kids are the the other three because Caroline's kids are like they're singing about all of the things that they could do Mm. with money. It's not just about buying a toy and then Mm. having leftover. And I guess that's like an interesting. This part kept sticking out to me with the boy Noah, and I couldn't understand what was happening. Like from you know, what's the writing point of view here? Is it that he's getting money and he wants things for himself, but he also wants to help people to 
fill his narrative to make him feel good about something. Mm-hmm. You know, do you get that? I, yeah, his it's difficult with his character because we have to also remember that he's a child. And so he's making decisions on, I hate this person. I love this person. I hate this. I want that. And it's a child. So yeah. we have to, well, it goes back to the famous Stephen Sondheim lyric, children will listen. So children will listen. They're listening to their parents and their grandparents. Mm-hmm. They're trying to create a new life. Even Caroline's children listen to their mother, but know that they want a better future. And they say, multi- yes, I, going back to the Noah character, I understand what you're saying. It's difficult it's to understand. Like he wants a nice car when he's older, but he will then get, maybe he'll get a $18,000 car instead of a 20000 car. And that other $2,000 he'll give to charity mm. because they'll talk about him mm. for giving charity or they'll make mm. him feel good. And I think that's an interesting point. It's like that goes on in the world today. Mm-hmm. Do you do things because you want to do them or do you do things for recognition? Mm. Do you do things for so someone will talk about you? As he mm-hmm. sings in that song, mm-hmm. they're going to talk about me at dinner, right. and what? And then you can dive into that whole message even more because it's like, is he not getting that love from home? Mm-hmm. Is he not getting that recognition at home that he needs it from someone else? But only money's going to get that for mm-hmm. him, you know? I I just I what found, money is to all these people is astonishing to me. How yeah, they but also, all value it differently. But what does money get you? Well, for Caroline, it's she wants to get her son to a dentist. Yeah. And for him, it's what the father keeps go buy a chemistry set, go buy a chemistry set. And it's like, what? Like, and he doesn't even want that, but that's what the father thinks the kid wants. But it, it, you know, no, because I think that points out a little bit of privilege in his life that he can have money to get a chemistry set to maybe become a scientist. Right. Right. Whereas someone like Where, Caroline is looking for money just so maybe her kids, when they, I thought it was astonishing when the boy left three quarters in the cup yeah. and then she gives one quarter to each kid. And his value of 75 cents is so different than the kid's value of one quarter of 25 cents. There was that moment towards there. And they were all like, what can I do with all this money? And then I thought the money, even like end of act one, the money raining on them like that was very impressive and cool and showed that it, there was theatricality to it. There was, it was just wish there was more of it. There was, there was right. a and I think more of it. Uh, from an observing point, the overall show, the music part was what was bothering me most, mm-hmm. I think. But I think that there was a lot of moments in the show, like I was saying. And, that is one of them. Him having the power and being the moon now yeah. and raining the money on all of the people that, in quotes, need the money yeah. made him feel good. But I also feel like no, you know, Janine Tesori is a brilliant composer. She's composed some wonderful things. There was a lot of fun home in here because I know mm-hmm. fun home is her big – I believe she won a Tony Award for that. Um, big, big, big yeah. work. But could this have worked as a play – with interstitial 60s music, like maybe 60s famous songs that were already written by The Temptations, by Diana Ross, by, or, or, or some of the Motown it easily era. easily could have worked as a play, and that's what we were just talking about. Just, the radio, if the radio singers could have 
done all of the transitions yeah. throughout the scenes, I think we would have had a lot more yeah. impact yeah. between the characters because yeah. there was a lot of moments. I don't, you know, some of the songs really worked. I really, and to praise some of these performances, I think Emmy, who was Caroline's oh, daughter, yes. played by Samantha Williams, was amazing. Mm-hmm. The vocal chops on her, fabulous. And I also thought Caroline's friend Dottie. Yeah, yeah, she was great. Played too. by Tamika Lawrence. Was outstanding. I love what they did with her character. Yes. She was supposed to show this, like, it's okay, Caroline. Just but like she's in between Caroline and the kids. She's trying to change because she says, What are you wearing these saddle shoes for? Like the yeah. kids wear and stuff. And she's, you know, but she wants to also understand her friend Caroline. Yeah, there's this interesting. But Caroline has this whole stoic, like, oh, I'm angry at the world. Like, I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be a maid. You know, what, what could have been for her? What could and, have been for her, sure. You know, and that's and, why I think it comes up to the ch- it's the ending gave me that feeling of like it's up to the children of all these people, the next generation, yeah, to make the change and to remember the Carolines, yeah. to remember the struggle of the Carolines of the world of that time. But and there's the, also just like living and not, and I think that that fresh breath of air, like that dot brought, was also through the music. It was just like it was fun, and it was like, yeah, you know. And yeah. I loved it. I was like, anytime she came on the stage, I was like, yeah, she oh was great, so we're gonna have her theme yeah. come into play. And that was another thing, I guess, in the music that was kind of cool is each character kind of had their own theme yes. music. Yes. And anytime they sang, it was like, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's, it was cool. It was a creative, cool part to it. Yeah. You know, I just yeah. You know. And also, there's this whole theme. You know, we can't not address this, this underground versus underwater. Yeah. What is underground mean? Underground railroad. The basement that she's working in is underground. Yeah. She feels, oh, uh, uh, the son Noah goes, is my mom buried underground? And I thought it was so interesting that Rose says, no, she's buried above ground mm-hmm. in a little mausoleum. I think she said that she's in a mausoleum or a, a stone above ground structure. Do you remember she said that? And I remember thinking to myself, oh, so what? So Caroline feels underground, but not even Noah's mother, who's passed on, is literally underground. She's mm-hmm. above ground and dead. And I think that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. You can say a lot about that. I yeah. thought that was very interesting. And then Caroline doesn't feel underground. She feels underwater. Right. And that water imagery kept showing up. And what does that mean? Water. Like we, they're famous saying, I feel like my, I'm drowning. I'm, I, my head, I got to keep my head above water to right. survive in life, right? To breathe. And that's what's always, right. You're talking about like the whole divide here. So we have the top because the Gilmans are on top. Yeah. They're the top. Literally. Fit, yes. And she's the bottom. She's, but she's not always going to be, she's not stuck in the ground. She's swimming. She's swimming, and then at the very, very, very end, where is she? Above. Mm-hmm. I loved that. I, I really always bring things down to, like, what is my final picture that I'm left with before blockout end of Act yeah. 2? And it was the kids looking up to their mom, literally, that beautiful shining light. And there she was at the top of the house. I was I was so happy that it ended <laughs> like that. Yes. And that, that leaves you thinking, like, okay, what happened with her? Right. Did she come back? Right. Did she move out of the basement? Yeah. Did she move up in her Rank in the home. Yeah. And then there's this also, there's, you know, we talk about underground, we talk about underground railroad, which was escape 
Yeah. And Caroline says multiple times, I don't feel like I'm underground. I feel like I'm underwater. Yeah. Whereas under, so maybe if underground or underground railroad is the symbolism of escape, she doesn't even feel like she can escape the underground because her job keeps her underground. I don't even know if she ever goes above the ground in the house upstairs. And then the son keeps saying, like, why do we have a basement if mm-hmm. it's going to flood? Flooding, water, soap, washing machine, rain, teardrops. I mean, there's so much. In- that was what I was really impressed with, with all these themes, which is what theater is about is these themes of water, ground, sky. Uh, the, the, the sound effects were beautiful at times throughout the piece too, of the bugs. And I just thought there were some cool moments like that. I just wish the music kind of helped with yeah. some of that a little bit more. Right. Um, That's a, why I think you and I both are kind of in agreement. Like the show's not bad. No, I thought it was great. It was. I not, think it was there's, very, there's so very many moving and wonderful. There's so many stuff. things going on in the show. I just wish some of the things went a little bit further than mm-hmm, they did. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because it's theater, and we get to now interpret yeah. how we think it moves along. Yeah, which is always cool. Yeah. Um, but one thing I was thinking about is what what did you think about someone like the direction lighting. Yeah, I, well, costumes. I, I think some of those things were. I thought hit or the, miss. <laughs> I thought the lighting was wonderful. Yeah. I thought the sound design was wonderful. I thought the set was okay. Yeah. I wish would have liked a little bit more. It broke apart, but give us more. Bring stuff stuff in and out a little bit. Bring give us a little more material on stage. It seemed a little bare a lot of the time. Something that I. Sometimes I think we like things thrown in our face yeah. and other times when they're not, we're like, just throw a little yeah. bit more at um, the face. And it's like, when that set broke apart, it was like, okay, are we showing the brokenness of everyone on this stage right well, now? And but the bus was, drove that set apart, if you remember. The bus came through. And yes. Broke, and most of the show, the set was then apart. And, and that bus breaks through also when they learn that, about JFK. Yes. Which was a big moment. Which is a big moment because it, it shows how every character kind of received that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a turning point in everyone's lives. It's like, how do you take something? And yeah. how everyone has a different reaction to when something major happens yeah. in the world. So that was cool. But like, I guess a, a director choice could have been like, it could have kept breaking and breaking and breaking and yeah, breaking could and have. breaking even more. Yeah. To then at the end, when everyone has like their turning point. It comes back. It comes back. Yeah. And it wasn't as impactful when yeah. it did come right. back, just because Noah and Rose had a hug. A moment, right? Right. And that Where also, it's like it should have happened when Caroline hugged her kids. Exactly. I, 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 and, I, and it makes yeah. it, it's like a white lotus moment yeah, from the TV okay, show sure, that it's sure. like, oh, okay, we can just go about our lives yeah. again because now Rose has a connection with her kid, yeah, uh, stepson, kid yeah. stepson. But then there's, but yeah, and from a design <laughs> perspective, I will also say there was something to me about the costumes were nice. But the fantasy costumes, I I would have no. pushed that more. The Bubbles woman should have been that should have been a masterpiece of bubbles, not just some bubbles on a dress. Like the the dryer had that ring light kind of around it, but like make it more theatrical. These are not real people. They I are guess, representing yeah. inanimate objects. Bring the radio girls for the most part were nice, but I would have even pushed that more. Give us gorgeous gowns and huge updo wigs. And yeah, they, they I would have went there. Push and the I moon. Think, and I push think- the moon into this beautiful shining, glimmering. Yeah, I just don't thought, make it look like just like a white amateur. Yeah, it just it, looked that, okay. That had an amateur moment for me. Those and are I your think, theatrical escapes. I think those needed to be represented in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think they needed to be shadow box somewhere else than just being present mm-hmm. in the stage. Mm-hmm. It, they made it too odd. 
Yeah, like it was in between reality and non-reality. Yeah. And it didn't really find its footing in between either. It was nice. There was nothing horrible about it. I just thought the set and the lighting design really stood out yeah. as some of that for sure. I do think the score was quite beautiful. Though. There were some beautiful moments mm-hmm. in the score for sure. I just would have liked it maybe not through Compose, maybe. You know, and just have it. Right, but it could have been scored the whole time. It just yeah. didn't need to be right. sung. Right, right. So. You know, so. Oh, oh there oh. it is. It's time to go. <laughs> half hour, half hour wrapping up. Okay, final thoughts, final thoughts. You Overall, go first. Me, I'll go first. Okay. Carolina Change is a very important piece of theater that is being told eight times a week on Broadway right now and is important and should be told. I'm very happy that this is back. I'm happy that Sharon D. Clark is doing what she's doing on that stage and presenting this with everyone else. Um, a few moments for me were a little slower, a little, I, I wish there was a little more cleaned up moments throughout. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't hate it. I strongly su- suggest people try to go see this um, to impact, impacting the world. If they want to see something a little serious and, 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 and it makes you think. And I'm yeah. glad it makes us talk because theater that doesn't make you talk, I don't know. You know, I think I think this is important. We should be having these conversations. I liked this. I didn't like that. Why did you like that? Why did you not like that? That's what theater is supposed to do. Yeah. And I think this did that. Yeah. So kudos to everyone involved. I hope it has a successful run, get some Tony nominations in the spring. And and yeah. Yeah, especially because this was a show that we were supposed to see. In this right before, well, we had tickets. Like we, we had, did have tickets right? already the, in April of the pandemic, and everything shut down in March. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I think I am in agreement with you. What I do love about this piece is I think we just had a conversation that we were not thinking we were going to have. So yeah. this is a great talking piece. There's so many elements in this show to observe and watch and figure out for yourself. Uh, like I said, I think. There was a lot of music, so you have to go in with an open ear and an open eye to observe everything. Yeah, take it on. on. The piece is extremely important. It, it also shows like so many things that were still going on with today in the world was still happening in the 1960s, and it's crazy to me that that is still happening. Yeah, you know. Uh, and just to point this out, Emmy, the daughter, had an extreme moment where she took down a Confederate statue. Which, look what's happening in the world and today. And it's still happening. Yes. So for me, it's like that, that's that's still mind-blowing to yeah, me. Yeah, it is. That this was written, because I would have thought that this was written today. Yeah, This, this yes. piece, and this was written, what? Tw- uh, tw- close to 20 years ago, 15 years ago, something like that. So, and that was, uh, watching the show, I forgot to talk about this earlier, but I was like, oh, she definitely took down that statue because she was so worried yeah. every time uh-huh. her mother started talking about the statue. And I was like, oh, she was there. And when you announce it and she has her moment, yeah. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. that was breathtaking. So definitely go and see this yeah, show check it out. Check if it you out. can, because we would love to talk more about yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. So we thank you all so much for uh, listening today. We hope you enjoyed listening to the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at half hour podcast. That's at half hour podcast on Instagram for the latest posts. You can engage, comment, let us know what you thought. Mm -hmm. Let us know what we should be talking about next. We got lots of Broadway coming up, some movie musicals coming up, lots of cool things. It is the season for the holidays, but also for all these wonderful, entertaining pieces coming out. So thank you all so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed. And until next time, signing off for now, I'm Richie. And I'm Jeff. Saying ta-ta. Bye. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.